Welcome to the Surveysia podcast, where you'll hear conversations about sharing the good news of Jesus with East Asians across the street and across the world. This episode is in collaboration with CUI. They work with Christian unions across Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. For more information and resources, including their own brilliant podcast, check out cui.ie. There's a link for that in the show notes. In the episode, Ermeth area rep Nathaniel chats to CUI worker Holly about gospel opportunities among international students. The conversation is full of encouragements from this challenging year of ministry during the pandemic, and also plenty of practical ideas of how you can be better prepared to share the gospel cross-culturally today, wherever you are. So I'll hand you over now to Holly and Nathaniel. So welcome to um, this podcast. Uh, My name is Nathaniel Jennings. I'm the um, area representative for OMF in Ireland. I'm joining you from East Belfast, and it's a real delight to have this conversation with Holly Tegel. Have I said your last name right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Completely, uh, yeah, blundered that one. But how is it pronounced, Holly? Tagley. Sorry. (laughs) And where does your where does your 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 surname come from? Well, I'm married to a Cuban national, so it's. It's from there, but actually originally from the north of Spain. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. And uh, Holly works for Christian Unions Ireland, CUI, and she's joining us from her home in, in Bangor in Northern Ireland. So we're going to yeah talk about international student ministry, particularly, and particularly just reflecting in these, these times that we've been through, and how we've seen the Lord at work and, and how we would like to continue to be involved and, and see others involved as well. So, so Holly, could you first start by telling us a little bit about your background and what you do in your role? Um, sure. Hello, everybody. I'm Holly. I am born and bred here in Northern Ireland, so a Bangor girl at heart and still living in Bangor. I am a mum to two lovely little girls, Amelia, who's five, and Lucia, who's three. And we're just awaiting the arrival of our third son or daughter any day now. I'm a wife, as Nathaniel has already alluded to me, um, to Enrique Tagli, who is from Cuba, and training here um, as a minister. In terms of um, my background, I've grown up here, but always had a heart for international mission and, and crossing cultures. And so my background would be in student ministry, many, many moons ago, originally with CUI as a staff worker, and then teaching missiology and English in Havana Baptist College as part of a role with Latin Link in Cuba, as well as coordinating their short and long-term missionary placements. So kind of a mix, but all with the same theme of loving, serving a God who is the God of the nations. And can you tell us an interesting fact about yourself, Holly? I have more embarrassing facts, but an interesting one may be that I am a published poet. So when I was younger, I used to do a lot of creative writing and was published in a number of books. Wow, a lady of any talents. <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> yeah, Holly, can you tell us um, something that really annoys you and something that gives you great joy? Yes, so bad grammar really annoys me. And something that gives me great joy is, are definitely my, my, my family, my girls, particularly when those elusive moments come when they are laughing and playing together without fighting 
Um, that gives me such joy. Now, Nathaniel, it's your turn. Can you tell us where you're from and what you're doing here in Northern Ireland? Okay, well, when people ask me where, where I'm from, I, I ask them, how long do they have? I'll, I'll allude a bit more to my background when you ask me about an interesting fact, but I grew up in Bangladesh, have uh, British-American parents, and my wife Donna is from Northern Ireland, and, and I've been living here about 10 years, working as OMS representative, based in Belfast, but, but kind of covering the, the whole of Ireland. And we are dying to know. Tell us the interesting fact about yourself. Yeah, so I, I am entitled to four passports. Um, so so I have a have a British one through my mum, have an American one through my dad. I can get an Irish one through my wife, and apparently I could get a Jamaican one through my my maternal grandfather, who was originally from Jamaica. I only have the US and UK one. Uh, the sad thing is that the passport I really wanted all my life was a, was a Bangladeshi one. But even though I was born there, grew up there, unless one of your parents is Bangladeshi, they, they, don't, they don't give you one. So I have to just do with two. With the hope of four. <laughs> yes, one day. And can you share with us one thing that annoys you and one thing that would give you great joy? You gave a very uh, wholesome answer talking about family. Um, food comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> Both for what annoys me. I, I have something, um, I actually looked this up, it's called uh, misphonia. Uh, and that is when you hear other people chewing. It really annoys me. <laughs> and sometimes I really have to uh, restrain myself from getting annoyed with, when people are, are, are chomping, but, but that's entirely my, my problem. But I, but I also love to, to eat food. I've come across very little that I don't like. And, and one of the great things about travel when we could was was trying just different cuisines from around the world so I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a glutton. Well I definitely share that pet hate that was my number two. <laughs> really <laughs> interesting <Yes. laughs> so there's, there's more of us. Yeah so Holly um, t tell us why should we care about international student ministry obviously it's at the heart of what you do but mm -hmm. is it something you would be passionate about sharing with others? Well I think if anyone who knows me knows that I love Chris Wright and one quote from, from his book, The Mission of God's People, I think sums it up really well. Um, it says, mission arises from the very heart of God himself and is communicated from his heart to ours. Mission is the global outreach of the global people of a global God. And for me, if we fully embrace our identity as God's people, of God's global people, of a global God, then the natural outpouring of that is to want to not only reach the nations with the gospel, but love, serve and grow alongside them. And so international student ministry for me actually opens that door wide open for us to be able to learn more of what it is at the heart of God and his global identity and to embrace that identity that he's placed within us as his global people. Another three reasons that, that stand out for me are from Lisa Espinelli, um, who is the National Director for ISM, so International Student Ministry, but for InterVarsity. And she was asked this question once, and she's so much better and elo more eloquent than, than I am. And she basically said, why do we care and why do we get involved in ISM? For three reasons. One is for God's sake, for his glory in obedience to his word two for their sake that they may come to know him and have their lives transformed by him and the third for our sake in terms of our own growth obedience and faithfulness and really as we reach out to to those especially those that we would class the other i think we become more and more aware of who we are in christ and and the family to which we belong 
Thanks, Holly. I, I love that. Um, particularly that perspective of we're seeking to bless people from other nations, but how much we're transformed and, and blessed in the process of that, and mm -hmm. is to to to, uh, to realize that even in our posture when we're when we're reaching out to to the other. Oh, absolutely, Nathaniel. What about you? What do you would you say is its value? And given your your service and experience within OMF, how does it all relate for you? Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think I worked in Bangladesh and grew up there. My parents were involved in, in, in Christian work there. Just, I think, uh, I've always found places which are diverse and people are together from different cultures, especially unified around their love for Jesus. Yes, there seems to be a special anointing and blessing in those places and something very rich. Maybe that shouldn't surprise us since that is the, the vision we get of, of the kingdom come, of people from all backgrounds um, just worshipping Jesus. So, so I think there's something beautiful about that so ministering in those kind of contexts and wanting to see the fruit of that ministry the people of all nations knowing and following Jesus just just really excites me in terms of OMF our, our burden really is to see the kingdom come and the church built up across East Asia and I think more and more we're seeing the, the place of that or or how strategic it is if if folk from those countries come for a period say to the UK or Ireland if they are welcomed and befriended by, by Christians here, if they're able to encounter Jesus and come to faith in him and are discipled and go back to their home countries with a mindset to live out their faith and to share their faith through all those networks they will have of, of family and friends and colleagues, the position of influences they're in, is how key that could be to seeing Christ proclaimed in, in those nations they go back to. And for us, of course, particularly East Asia, um, so, so it's very much something that is on, on our heart to use, I guess, uh, some of the expertise and um, experience we have in East Asia to really see East Asians here loved and welcomed and shared with, both by our own workers, but more and more so uh, exciting and equipping others, local Christians, churches uh, and other organizations um, to do that in, in partnership with us. It's just, a, I think, a wonderful piece of God's jigsaw that, that he's, he's putting together at this time. Yeah, I remember um, studying and reading a quote that said that Christianity is the world's most globally diverse and globally dispersed religion. And yet we know that although God's reaching his people are everywhere, there's still so much more to be done. And that movement of, of how God moves his people back and forth or, or remaining where they are is just an amazing way for his yeah. glory and name to, to grow. Yeah. And I think when we when we see that through the lens of God being in control, allowing people to move around so that they will seek and find him, we, we start to see what maybe appears chaotic and um, kind of out of control. We, we, we begin to see God's fingerprints in that, don't we? And see how we can be part of it. So we've, we're kind of talking a little bit of the, the I guess, the, the big picture of international student ministry and, and how it can have an impact on global mission and the building of the church around the world. But, but how, how would you say local people can be involved? What, what kind of people can be involved and what might that look like? <laughs> I guess the short answer is anyone and everyone. Um, but to unpack that a little more, I think one of the joys and challenges, but definitely a joy of the role I find myself in is that the International Student Ministry Project in Ireland is this joint project between Christian unions in Ireland and Friends International. And what the purpose behind that has been is to blend that sense of um, experience to reaching out to international students that Friends International have and that kind of on-campus contextual ministry um, 
that CUI embody here in Ireland. And for me, it's been a real joy to see then this whole spectrum of people that can be involved from students, from freshers, <laughs> right through to those who are retired um, and, and volunteering through their local church. They can be leading Bible studies or outreaches or giving evangelistic talks, but at the same time, there are people who are so faithful in their service that, for example, will go along every week to serve the tea and coffee in non-COVID times <laughs> in our international cafes or um, after the church services to really engage and connect with international students. And so I would say the, the spectrum and diversity of people who could or who are involved in international student ministry is probably as vast as the opportunities within that ministry itself to serve. Um, I guess fundamentally what we look for is love for God and a love for his people. And if we've got that, it's it's just such a privilege to work alongside people from all walks of life, all stages, um, all experiences. And I think that in it of itself adds richness to the ministry, as well as those internationals who, who come and are believers or who have come to know the Lord here. Often their input has been so vital um, and really educational for us as well as encouraging on the ground. Could you share a uh, encouragement or two that you've had while you've been in this role? Definitely the most encouraging thing has been when you hear of students coming to know Christ and that just is beyond everything else. That is our that is our purpose, that is our prayer. But so often in ministry and particularly in ISM, you know, you it can be seed planting or growing or watering. You, you're not always guaranteed that fruit picking <laughs> stage um, and so when you do hear those stories it's it's incredibly encouraging there was one one student who became a christian just before lockdown last year i can't share overly too much but something that has stuck with me from from her conversion has been some words that she shared in a poem and how she just encapsulated this theological truth of someone, I think, much older in the faith. And yet straight away she she got it. And she she talked about the light, the light touching her heart, the light curing her heart, directing her path, opening her eyes, embracing her soul, surrounding her. And then at the very end, she goes, remember, this light is Jesus. And that has stuck with me that some days can be very monotonous. Some days can feel like. Literally, you are working hard soil, um, but the Lord is at work and he is, a, he is moving and transforming the hearts of those. And it's real. And we are talking about real people who are coming to know a real God. So that's the biggest encouragement for me in this role. Wow. Praise the Lord. That, that's really beautiful to hear. Obviously, these have been very strange, difficult times with the, with the pandemic, and yet I know international student ministry has gone on. Could you share a little bit of how people have continued to engage despite the challenges? Yes, I would love to. And it all goes without saying that the challenges are not minimised <laughs> and have been difficult, but the creativity people have used across this year and just that dogged perseverance has again been a huge encouragement and also an example to me. So we have seen things such as, well, a lot of things online that used to be in person. So whether that's international cafes that have moved online by Zoom or other platforms, one-to-one -one Bible studies taking place when they can, restrictions permitting outside on benches or, or in the rain, book clubs, virtual city tours for new international students arriving. Um, because that, that kind of 
flow of international students coming into Ireland and into our universities, yes, it, it diminished somewhat because of COVID, but it didn't stop. And so it made it very difficult to try to connect. Um, so there are scavenger hunts, um, conversation groups, and m- more recently things like meal collections that although you can't sit down, because ISM is so hospitality based often in terms of connecting with people relationally, obviously within COVID that hasn't been possible, but what has been possible is to be set up these meal collections and to get some sort of momentary physical um, engagement with the students, say for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um, and that has proven really, really effective and things allow with better weather. We say when hope here in Northern Ireland and in the South, um, but things such as a buddy scheme for exercising within the restrictions. So whether that's one to one or one to two. And we've also found students really, really excited about that. So a plethora of things. <laughs> and Nathaniel, what about you? What, what can you share? What have you seen happening? Yeah, similarly, yes, people being um, really creative and, and the fruit of that. It's been easy to forget that there are still many international students in, in this city, in Belfast, but they have been more isolated than, than ever. Can you imagine coming to a, a new country, probably with all the excitement of meeting new people, seeing a new place, and then um, the students we've come across have pretty much been restricted to their, their, part, their student accommodation or their, their labs where, where they go to. We've gone to know some uh, science students, gone to do their experiments. And so, so real deep isolation in a, in a strange place. And yet uh, we partnered with one church who've had the opportunity to build links between the church members and some of the particularly East Asian students um, who live in, in the area. And that's been a, a weekly just um, chatting with them, listening to them, talking with them. Some have moved on to spiritual things and actually be able to open the Bible with them online. Um, but outside that, um, Many of those church members then actually taking an extra step to reach out to them. People have gone and knocked on the students' doors and delivered them food for special occasions, um, presents for their birthdays, given them books, um, asked them if they want to take a walk when that's been possible. And just, I, I think, having that, that creativity, having that, that boldness, maybe to just reach out a little bit um, more, more than maybe even you're sure if, if, if you should or would be wanted, but, but we've always been pleasantly surprised by how much it is appreciated when we've reached out to these, these students. And as you said it, about, um, we don't often see the fruit or, or, or pick the fruit, but we're sowing seeds. We sometimes get glimpses of how much is going on beyond um, what we know. I was recently part of a group and really wasn't sure if, if how much the the, the students in this group were, were really engaging, particularly in, in, in spiritual matters. Um, they seem to enjoy the, the, the friendship and, the, and, and having someone to talk with um, online. Uh, and that was until we got sent a picture on Easter Sunday that this East Asian student had taken three of her friends and booked herself into a, an Easter service of a local church. And we were just amazed, you know, that, that she obviously had wanted to do that and was, was seriously seeking. So, so real encouragement for people to to persevere even within these these limitations. So the opportunities are definitely there. Yeah. But how this is a big question, how do you encourage people to actually want to serve or engage in ISM? I, I think I think as you say, Holly, we, we've got to really um, appreciate 
that this has been a really difficult time for many, many people. I, I've struggled at times with um, just frustration and, and feeling isolated. And yet I look at the Bible, I look at church history, and it seems that it, it's been it's often during times of the crisis of turbulence that God has been at work through his people. And therefore, I think there is a call that we, we lift our eyes and can you continue to look out um, to see what we're meant to do during these times and to, and to actually seek opportunities. Um, it, it, the early church, when there were pandemics, apparently people would flee to the countryside from the cities and it was the Christians who stayed behind and, and would care for the poor and the sick. I have friends who are doing that in South Asia at the moment, you know, put, put us to shame. They are going and serving people with COVID who no one else will, will go near. And therefore, I th think there is a, there's a need for us to maybe look outwards and upwards and not think so much about self-preservation, but actually what an opportunity is to share the hope we have when people need it more than ever. And that actually, when we do that, um, so often the, the blessing we receive and the good it does to our souls is incredible because I think we were designed to, to live like that. And yet at the same time, we, we also need to take care and, and, and comfort each other. So I really think it's all about uh, having that perspective that, that God is doing something. He's allowed this in the midst of it. And how do we look out for, for, for those people around us who are struggling or lonely, particularly those who are, are from other parts of the world who will be acutely feeling the isolation when they don't have those friends and family nearby just finding little ways we can we can we can do that and you know i know people who've seen they've had neighbors from a different part of the world or on their street and they've, they've just put something through the letterbox you know offering help or or, or knock on the door and, and deliver just those little steps that take a little bit of boldness but can open huge doors of opportunity mm -hmm. and i think it's just embracing that whenever things are different or you're dealing with people who are different um, as they are dealing with you, <laughs> that there will be inevitably misunderstandings. And, and just again, to have what you were talking about earlier, that stature of humility and just being able to sometimes laugh it off. <laughs> um, I think being in a cross-cultural marriage, that's key as well, Nathaniel. I don't know what you find. Um, but certainly on the field, I think many people can come with fears Mm -hmm. of getting involved in something like ISM because it's reasonably unknown and you can't you can't kind of contain it in a neat box because you don't know who you're going to meet you don't know if it's going to be everybody from France or all American it, it's a it can be so diverse and yet I think that's the beauty of it too that you can you will always find a space to serve where the Lord has for you and, and learn and what a privilege it is to meet other people that he is that are made in his image here from countries in the world that maybe you've never even been and eat their food yeah, <laughs> which yeah. I'm sure you love you, you often end up um, being the, the recipient of hospitality of, of, of wonderful cuisine <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and it is I think huge thing seeing them as image bearers isn't it and I think that's another thing I think in this these times I think we need to highlight that we have the pandemic, but we also have a, a growing racism, let's put it bluntly, fear of the other, a, a negative stereotyping of the other, other, and people coming from other countries are, are experiencing that um, increasingly. And therefore, even more so when, when they experience, have a different experience of, of love, mm -hmm. acceptance, and, and welcome. And more than that, not just, uh, not just benefiting from our charity, but that actually we are, are eager to know them and see it as a privilege to know them. 
that that will have such a, a big impact on. So um, we've been talking a little bit about student ministry during the pandemic. How do you think we have been kind of maybe formed through what we've been through and, and had to do things differently? And um, how do you see student ministry being maybe different going forward? Big questions. <laughs> um, in terms of being formed over this time, I think that creativity that we spoke about earlier and um, having to adapt, I think it would be true to say of churches as well as mission agencies um, and so on that over this time we've either somehow flourished or really um, struggled or a bit of both. <laughs> Um, at one time or the other. And I, I think what has helped to form us will give us this firm foundation moving forward is that we have lived these, these points, these kind of experiences that I think ring true on a daily basis for many internationals who come to study and live here under quote-unquote normal circumstances. So that sense of increased isolation, that distance perceived or real from other people, those around them, that separation geographically, but also culturally from their families and so on. I think many of us wouldn't have had that touch point to relate to them in such a way um, through personal experience. And though it's not the same, I do think that going through some of this through the restrictions in place through COVID and so on actually helps us to relate and empathise or should um, more with with those who have come to live here from from countries far, far away, um, whose way of life has been changed dramatically once they got off the plane, who cannot just go up the road and visit their mum and dad or even perhaps even use an online video platform to, to communicate with them. So I think in that sense, if we can really take stock of that, that should infuse and aid our how we relate to international students and those who are, who are simply internationals amongst us um, here in Ireland. But I think as we go forward, what we do know we need to stand on because there's so much we don't. What we do know is what we were saying earlier, that our God is a global God, that he he desires to see people come to know him. Um, and as you were quoting earlier, Nathaniel from Acts 17, do you know when it says, Acts 17, verse 26, and he, God, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him yet he is actually not far from each one of us. And so that sovereignty, that fingerprint <laughs> that you talked about earlier of God, God's hand in people's movements and in each and every international student who comes to our shores, that God is in that. And that with our prayer, we know that he desires that they should seek him and find him, though he's not far from any one of them. So I think moving forward, we stand on that. We stand on the certainty and the conviction of the God we serve and his heart, for the nations but I also think we have a growing certainty that the numbers of international students will once again continue to grow and so those opportunities that call to reach out to them <laughs> so that they may find him continues and so although we will need a great deal more of adaptability humility learning sometimes just a bit of er you know that kind of sense of we'll just keep going <laughs> um I think those opportunities and and those students 
um, and the God that we serve, they, they remain fixed and we just need to continually and prayerfully embrace them and gather together as, as his people in this ministry to see more and more and more um, internationals come to know him and know that their identity in him as well as that acceptance in, in our churches and in our, the family of, of God. Um, which is maybe a different thing <laughs> to talk about, but what do you think, Nathaniel? Yeah, I'm inspired by what you're you're saying, Holly. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. It's something to be so excited about, uh, and and such a privilege to be be part of. And yet, I, I agree there is so much that there is a huge mission field on our doorstep. There's huge opportunity, uh, and and yeah, just long for I guess more people to see the the part they could play and seeing yeah, the church built around the world by, by reaching out to people who are living in, in close proximity to them. Um, and maybe that's in some way the way we need to readjust our idea of, of mission a little bit. Um, it used to be primarily just the people from here going, but it's increasingly about us welcoming people and, and loving people right here. And, and the byproduct of that can be a huge impact on, on, on global mission in terms of what we've learned, I, I think a lot of it is even how, how we've been um, formed. I mean, in OMF, we've had to be throw away a lot of our plans, bin them, and, and then just uh, <laughs> almost go with circumstances, do what we can do. But in some places, we've seen more fruit doing that than, than we had with all our best laid plans previously, which just a reminder. And then it's when you're dependent on God and, and trusting in him and maybe less on ourselves that, that you actually can be surprised and he can do things beyond what you ask or, or, or imagine. And we, we've seen a little bit of that through, through online, just, just the reach we can have across political and geographical borders, people maybe befriending people here, but continuing to keep up those relationships when, when those people have gone to Asia or, or back to Africa and continue to keep those genuine friendships, maybe which maybe we would have thought once they got on a plane, they're, they're out of sight, out of mind, and now it's it, it, it's not like that anymore. And I think it's just, again, thinking about this partnership we had with a church, which is in a very strategic area for, for student ministry. And in previous years, it was very program-orientated. It was a Thursday night, come to the church, have a talk, have a meal, have a discussion, um, invite them to church on certain Sundays. And that all had to be scrapped. And the thing we kept emphasizing is it's got to be much more about personal relationship. We can do less programs, but it's going to be about each person getting to know one or two people and expressing concern for them, texting them, asking them how they are, telling them they're praying for them, maybe doing the delivery at their door. And actually, I'd say in that particular ministry, we've seen relationships and sharing go deeper than any year before. Um, in the midst of real disappointment because we had to scrap all the previous programs, but it became much more about one-to-one friendships and showing concern and care in a difficult time. And that's really made me think, well, that's maybe the way it always should have been and it always should be. There's a place for programs, but they're only really to facilitate <laughs> real opportunities to to show and proclaim and demonstrate love. And, and it is through those friendships that, that really people see and experience Jesus. So, so I think... Uh, yeah, learn to uh, hold our own plans much, much more lightly and, and realize that <laughs> if circum- difficult circumstances make us adapt and rely on God, then, then it's not a bad thing. And maybe in the West, we're not used to that. I think a lot of parts of the world, people have always had to live that way throughout history and, and right up to today. But, but maybe it's something where we're learning. 
think we're, we're yeah, I, I think so um, <laughs> something that we we laugh but it's not funny is you know in Cuba where my husband's from you, you have to queue for everything mm-hmm. so whether you're queuing to buy rice or queuing to buy water anything like that, there's always queues and yet suddenly through this pandemic there people are queuing <laughs> Um, and it's not something that we're particularly used to because we're much more about instant like microwave meals and things happening quickly. But I also think culturally, we're very, like you say, event or program oriented, even in terms of our, our ministry, whether that's church based or indeed campus based. And I think that has been a real challenge when you take away those familiar facets of ministry practice to kind of think, well, what is underneath and what do those events those programs actually serve and what is their purpose um, and I think that's been hit at the heart of of challenges for our churches and our Christian unions across the island but probably will be a huge catalyst for growth going forward because you're reminded once more of the people at the heart of God's mission and how to relationally engage with them outside of a program or coordinated event which actually should be the the bouncing board or the catalyst for those relationships to grow rather than the end point. And so I, I think, although it's been painful and will probably continue to be difficult um, to embrace and adapt without throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I think actually it will lend itself to reminding ourselves who is the God that we serve, who are we as his people, and the humanity and the image bearer side of, of those that we're, we're called to love, our neighbour, um, as ourselves and so I think there's excitement as we look ahead as well as a realism to say change is really difficult <laughs> and culturally we're, we don't embrace it often quickly <laughs> so prayer is needed isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you're absolutely right Holly so Holly as we as we draw to a, to a close in our conversation do you have any final words for us yeah I, I guess I started tonight sharing a Chris Wright quote so I might finish tonight sharing a Chris Wright quote if that's okay and it's one of my favorite and again for those of you who have heard me speak before I apologize for the repetition but it is just so poignant that I would love to finish with it for this podcast. So Chris Wright writes God's mission is what brings humanity from a cacophony of nations divided and scattered in rebellion against God in Genesis 11 to be in a choir of nations united and gathered in the worship of God in Revelation. And I love that picture because it means even the messiness in between or how difficult it is to to plan when you can't plan (laughs) or there are so many opportunities, but so few workers, or it's just really difficult sometimes to connect with someone from a different culture because you can't understand them (laughs) or there's offense. I think in all of that messiness, that vision of God is a God who brings people who are divided, not just geographically, but relationally and in every way. And to this picture of a choir united, not in uniformity, but united and gathered in the worship of him in Revelation. And I think that inspires us. That gives us hope. And going on, I would say, please, if you have any interest, even little or small, (laughs) or any curiosity about perhaps God is calling you to serve within this area of his mission and ministry um, among and, and with international students, do not hesitate to get in touch or speak further with Nathaniel or any any one of the ISM team here in Ireland. Thanks, Holly. I, I would just, in closing, affirm just it's being aware of that big picture 
and God's narrative and how we find our own stories in that and, and our own identity as uh, children of God, followers of Jesus, part of a global church where our true brothers and sisters are others who follow Jesus and they are our spiritual family. And that crosses class, race, geographical, political divides. And that's so needed in a, in a day of just increased tribalism and fragmentation and I think that will be the greatest tangible witness of the true power of the gospel when the world sees communities of people who in the world should be enemies and should never be together, gathering and loving each other and what unites them, Jesus and, and the love they've experienced and the love they're, they're showing. What, what, a, what a witness that will be. And, and I guess international student ministry is the joy of meeting some of those people who are already part of our spiritual family from and reflect the diversity uh, and will teach us, as you already said, Holly, uh, and also longing for, for others to, to join us as part of that, that family and to come into our communities and, and worship alongside us. And that's really um, what all we do is all about, isn't it, Holly? And uh, what, what, we, what we partner towards. Um, so, so really, really appreciate chatting to you uh, and, and we really appreciate people's prayers for, for, for this ministry across Ireland and across the UK. And, and as Holly said, um, we would love to talk to anyone who wants to take further steps in learning about how they can um, be involved. So thank you. Thank you. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Surveyor podcast. If you have, why not share it with a friend? And also do subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you never miss another episode. We also love to hear from our listeners, so please do get in touch. Why not follow us on Instagram for news and more information about each episode. We're at Surveysia Podcast. Or drop us an email, uk.podcast at omfmail.com. There are links for those things in the show notes. We hope that you'll join us for the next episode. But for now, it's goodbye.